What's up, everybody? I'm David. And it's Jeremiah. And this is the With You Podcast. Today, we will be talking about broken families. Yes, sir. This topic is very, very important because I feel like, and we both feel like, I think, that there's just a lack of really unpacking all the things that come with being being in families that have been separated by you know divorce, by death, by whatever the situation may be, maybe you're in a family that was, you know, you were raised by somebody who aren't your biological parents. There's a lot of things, a lot of nuance that comes with that. And I think a lot of times the world and media kind of makes you feel, you know, really bad about it. And they don't really talk about it. They don't really make it a positive thing or show the positive sides to it. So we're going to talk about it today, unpack it a little bit and really just kind of get into our own personal experiences and, really just kind of find some resolution and hopefully highlight some positives that can come out of, you know, broken situations or broken families, if you will. Yeah, for sure. So I'll start with my story. Yeah. So for me, um, my parents or my family is quite complicated. I, I don't really know uh, compared to a lot of people's there for most of my friends, they still have, you know, their parents are married and they live at home and, uh, a lot of the families that I know aren't divorced or, uh, and that, that's, so that's always been like, I, my parents divorced when I was pretty young. Mm-hmm. How I old were you? I was first grade. So like, like seven, six, seven, seven, six. Yeah. Something around there. So mm-hmm. I've always kind of had to deal with that. And, um, and I've also had to deal with going back and forth between houses, like all the time for a long time. I was like, I was at my mom's like Wednesdays and weekends or at my dad's Wednesdays and weekends. And then it was like, so every other Wednesdays and every other weekend. So it was super weird. And the schedule was just like, it was all over the place always. Like it was, sometimes it was Monday, Tuesday or Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or just, it was always all over the place. And I was always super cluttered and forgetting things and having to deal with forgetting, you know, my toothbrush here, or this clothes here, or, you know, my basketball shoes here. It was always a problem with both parent being like, oh, why did you forget that? Or how did you forget that? And also just having to deal with my mom being in and out of relationships and um, having an older brother who wasn't my full brother. And so for a while he lived with us. Mm -hmm. Even after my parents divorced, he still lived with us. And then he got kicked out and then it kind of. So he lived with your dad that wasn't his biological father still. Yes. So he, so when my parents separated, Mm -hmm. so there was three of us, my older brother, who wasn't my dad's mm-hmm. and then my younger sister who was, was both parents. Yeah. And I think he was probably, my brother was probably in maybe sixth grade. Mm-hmm. And so he, so he had been still going, no, he wasn't in sixth grade at the time when they divorced, he was in sixth grade when he got kicked out, but he was still living with my dad. Like he just, he basically just went followed wherever schedule, right? He yeah. followed the schedule that was in place for us because, yeah. and he wasn't adopted, but my dad still treated him like, like he was, he was his son, his son. Yeah. which is kind of a unique situation. Mm-hmm. But, I always had to, even though I was the middle kid, like I wasn't the oldest, I always had to be stronger for both of them. Mm-hmm. Like I always had to, like my brother didn't really know how to deal with it. And he dealed with, he dealt with other stuff that, um, that I never dealt with, like, you know, anger and not having his dad around, mm-hmm. like not even knowing his dad. Um, and then my younger sister was just too young to really understand. And right. so she kind of just, 
internalized it and she really didn't even speak until she was in kindergarten it was it's was, it was a very weird situation but yeah i always had to or i feel like i've always had to step up and be a mediator mm-hmm. and be like the person who took all the fall and and helped everybody else out and communicated to everybody and carried messages from one side to the other mm-hmm. and from my brother to my mom or my brother to my dad or my mom to my dad and just all that and it's yeah. having to deal with all of these other things that you know you know maybe i shouldn't have had, had to deal with at that age for sure right right but i also think that it's benefited me in more ways than i can even think of right well so let's like unpack a little bit of it because and i'll and i'll kind of share a little bit of like what i've gone through and things like that but like for you at that age how was that trying to manage you know keeping track of all your stuff at that age and trying to keep up with that schedule and you know what I mean? How did that affect you as a kid? Like, did that cause issues internally? Like, did you feel like, oh my gosh, like I'm stupid or I can't get this right or I'm out of control? Like, how did that feel? You know what I mean? As a seven, eight, nine, ten 10 year old dealing with having to manage and keep track of your own schedule and all of your belongings moving back and forth. Yeah. I think it really helped me mature Mm -hmm. like way faster than anybody else. Mm -hmm. And then that kind of put me in a weird place with like a re- weird relationship with my parents even because I was so so mature that they didn't know how to really treat me. Mm-hmm. And then it mm-hmm. just kind of, in my mind, it kind of pushed me away from them. Yeah. Because I was like the one that they didn't have to talk to or the one that they didn't need to have deal to with. Have to worry about because right. you were taking care of yourself. Right. And so even though like sometimes I was forgetting things, like I had to just really focus on doing like what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. And then once I was done with that, then helping you know, helping my brother, helping my sister or figuring out what else is going on. And so it really helped me like just learn that I needed to make sure that I was ready to go. Mm -hmm. And even if I forgot something like it was like, oh, dang, like I got to tell my parents now, you know. But um, at the end of the day, it was it really just helped me to grow and mature and learn what I need to do to be self-sufficient. I think that was the biggest part is like so growing in maturity, but also being self-sufficient. And Mm -hmm. that's like, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm I feel like that's one of the biggest things I've learned from all of it from the whole situation yeah, is being able to do things on my own because, because I was like the one that they didn't need to deal with. Mm -hmm. I was able to do everything on my own and learn and, and have to, like I had to do everything on my own because like they were yelling at my brother or helping my sister. And so I was there and there, since there's only one parent, three kids like, like divvying up. So they kind of almost just like, let me do my own thing, Mm -hmm. which to a point was, you know, it was nice, but also, you know, I kind of wish that there would have been, and that also led to like a hard time in my mind with like, why don't I spend more time with my mom or why don't I spend more time with my dad? Or, you know, like, why aren't they asking me what grades I got in school? And even though I had, like, I had the best grades in the house Mm -hmm. and, you know, they eventually, like, I asked them like why they, or I asked my dad specifically why he never asked me about my grades. And he said, well, I just expect that from you. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so and that hurts though well right that it did yeah. it did and so because i was trying to prove myself mm-hmm. to them even mm-hmm. though like like i was self-sufficient and able like in, and very individual yeah. like i was very individualistic with that yeah but i still wanted acknowledgement from my dad or from my mom yes. and i wanted to be told that i was good enough yeah you know and i, I never like i didn't really get that and so like my mom did mm-hmm. but my dad never really did and so there yeah. was just like i was always seeking my dad's approval mm-hmm and recently like you know we've talked about it and it's gotten better as i've grown up and he's kind of understood a little bit more about what i've gone through but Mm -hmm. um 
Yeah, I think that like was growing up. That was a common right. thing. Growing and, up and having to be individual. Yeah, and yeah, and it does create those those scenarios and those issues because, like, I know for me at least, like, my parents had me when I was in high school. When I was in high school, when they were in high school, right. they had me. So they were never married. They were never together, um, like anything official or anything like that. And when I was born, my dad left for the military. So there was a huge gap there. You know what I mean? There was a huge amount of separation there. And eventually when I got older, I would go there for the summer. So I would go down. I would spend four weeks or five weeks maybe in the summer because he lived in Florida after that. And so I know for me, there was there was a period of life there where, you know, I just felt like I didn't have a dad. You know what I mean? So like even if it was like, oh, yeah, you know who your dad is. Like he lives down in Florida. But it's like, no, I don't. And I, he's not my dad because at the kindergarten when you do a father son or father daughter and your dad comes in for father's day and your dad doesn't come like your grandpa comes or your uncle comes in place of your dad you don't have a dad you know what i mean and so for me i think by the time we did actually spend any type of time together it was already too late for me to even feel like i was like oh my gosh it's my dad like right. hooray you know what i mean it was it was already some issues there and it wasn't anything that I was like going to say or like I knew or what I was even feeling at the time. But no matter what, there was already that separation between him and I. And not to mention, too, like my mom's side of the family was so Christian and like just like over the top loving. And like, yeah, you know what I mean? Everything is about God and happy and da da da. And like my dad was not like that. Like he was just completely not that's not to put any like indictment on him, but that's just not who he is. Like, he wasn't reading the Bible. He wasn't going to church. Like, he was in the world doing his thing, like, as a 20-something-year-old. You know what I mean? And when we met, there was just opposing, complete opposing spirits there. And so when I would go there, it was hard because he wasn't loving. He wasn't, you know, this, like, let me care for you and be this, like, amazing, you know, just all over you dad like my mom's side of the family was. He's very cold and distant. And I think for him, it probably was very weird and awkward too, like trying to figure out how to be a dad, you know? And so there was a lot of that too, for me growing up where it was like, specifically with him, I didn't get that kind of approval. You know what I mean? And then on top of that too, going down there to spend time with this man that I don't know, essentially, it was pretty traumatic for me as a kid. You know what I mean? You're getting sent on an airplane by yourself sometimes to go meet this guy that's your dad, but you don't spend any time with him. You don't talk to him on the phone. You don't he's not there for your birthday or your games or your school or any of that. And now you got to go spend 5 weeks or 4 weeks with him. And so for me, it was very much so maturing like you said where I had to be in control of my emotions and I had to be in control of making sure myself like my internal self was peaceful because that was chaotic. You know what I mean? Getting thrown in that situation was very, very hard for me as a kid. I would cry, 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 cry all the way up until I got on the airplane. You know what I mean? And then I'd be able to pull myself together and say, this is what I have to do. I don't have any choice and I'm going to get through it. And I'm going to have to create my own internal peace because otherwise I'll just be sitting here screaming, crying all the time. And he would get mad, too. Like, my mom would call me on the phone sometimes when I was down there, and I would cry after I talked to her on the phone, and I'd get in trouble. Like, I'd get whooped if I'd cry. And mm -hmm. so, like, it was, it, was, it was hard, but, like, it's one of those things where it was, like, it made me mature, and it made me grow up, and it made me 
be able to be a stable, emotional, emotionally stable person. You know what I mean? Yeah. So with all that, you know, dealing with that and having to, Mm -hmm. you know, handle that situation then and now being, you know, multiple years removed from, you know, going down there and being down there for the summer. How does that affect you now? And what has it taught you about like how to deal with that at this point in your life? Yeah. So I think that creating emotional stability was the main lesson I learned from that specific piece of my life. You know what I mean? Was being able to say, okay, this is messed up and this sucks, but this is how I find just stability and control. And I think that now even going down there, going back there, cause he has, I have three little brothers there from him and my stepmom, which my stepmom is the most amazing person in the world. And she helped me like, it was crazy. God honestly sent her because she's like an amazing Christian woman, like super loving, like honestly, like if it wasn't for her, I might've tried to run away or do something crazy. Cause you know, my dad was just that guy and uh, it was tough, but my stepmom made it very, very, like, just so much better. And um, they have, I have three lo- amazing little brothers from them. And I think now, even going there for holidays, going there for, you know, visits, I'm always going to be in control of the situation. So that looks like making sure that I have my own room when I'm staying there. That looks like making sure I have a way to get around a car so I can leave if I want to leave. Even if I don't need to leave, I have a way to go if I need to. And then the biggest one for me is I don't stay for more than three days. I have a three night rule and that's not to put any, you know, hate on them or anything like that. But I just know that after that period of time, him and I are going to start butting heads because we have opposing spirits. I'm super positive and a Christian and, you know, he's not. And there's things that he deals with and struggles with that I will never be able to wrap my mind around and understand or justify him treating people that way. So I keep myself safe emotionally, spiritually healthy and say, you know, I love these people because they are my family. Even though I didn't get that validation, like you said, even though I didn't grow up with the best relationship with him, I keep that in control and say, okay, I'm going to give time, but it's going to be under my own rules, you know, and it's going to be healthy. And it's worked. You know, I think that's the biggest thing um, is that over the years since graduating and not having to go see them, being able to be in control of the situation and create healthy boundaries and have just a healthy relationship has benefited us all. Like we're in a decent place right now because of that. Yeah. You know? um, so on the on the topic of validation or, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, having a parent you know say i love you or all these things you know Mm -hmm. like i'm going to do this for you and i'll never lie to you and (laughs) i promise you this i promise you that that's something that specifically my mom told me for a lot of my life yeah you know like like growing up like i know i'll never lie to you all this stuff you know i Mm -hmm. love you more than anybody i support you more than anybody and so that made me feel really good and so when i was growing up up until probably the last maybe year year and a half i don't know two, two years whatever it was I believe that right so i was just super like oh i love like my mom is like the most amazing parent like she never does anything wrong um like i don't like my dad like i know like i want validation from my dad but my it, it basically like made my dad out to be the bad guy mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. kind of how like it was isn't it portrayed. like isn't it kind of like that though because it was like that for me too mm-hmm. you know what i mean but i my mom was kind of 
I mean, you yeah, know, in your situation, it's a little it kind different, of is different. But like, I feel like that a lot of people deal with that though, even if it's not the dad. You know what I mean? Right. I feel like There's one one parent's out made one, out or yeah, guy. maybe it is the dad, and maybe the mom's the bad one. But mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. I just think it's interesting that that happens. But yeah, yeah. keep going. Yeah, so. no, it was it it was like that, and so and the other problem was that you know my mom always had these really cool boyfriends. Like she mm-hmm. had this one boyfriend mm-hmm. that was around for a long time, and you know he was he was a bodybuilder, he was super athletic, so he was always like doing things outside which is something i loved like he was always yeah. taking us on hikes he was always throwing the football with us playing paintball doing like mm-hmm. doing all mm-hmm. the super cool things that i never got to do with my dad yeah, yeah, yeah because my dad was like struggling to maintain or struggling to provide for us and still for my mom because mm-hmm. he had to help with that too yeah and my dad didn't make much money like he lived off of like like you know not a lot not yeah. a lot and supporting her as well made it really difficult for him to do it like because he was just working all day mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so and i never like took that perspective until recently where it's like oh okay you know my yeah. dad yeah like my dad really wasn't the bad guy he just yeah. like and he still tried to find time mm-hmm. like you know he took me like i had been i had begged him to take me camping for a long time and he took me camping you know maybe once or twice maybe you know maybe a little mm-hmm, bit more than that that mm-hmm. i can't remember but and that's something i wanted to do for with him like all the time because when he was in college like like i saw pictures of him camping and rock climbing and you know covered in blood because he had like fallen off his bike like bike Mm -hmm. and all this stuff i was like that's who i want to be like i want to do that and i want to do that with him Mm -hmm. but i felt like i never got to do it and i never knew why i felt like it was because he didn't love me or because yeah you know he didn't want to spend time with me but it took me years and years to to get gain a perspective of no it wasn't about that it was because he was struggling to provide for me and actually like do what he needed to do and then on the other side with my mom it made it like my mom like my mom made it as though he was the bad guy and so i chose to believe her because mm-hmm. it was my mom right and yeah. she was spending time with me and she was showing me love but then like now at this point all of the things that she's she has said and promised me and all this stuff her actions aren't displaying mm-hmm. and she isn't fulfilling the things that she's told me that she's going to do and so it just turned into this manipulative place where i felt like like why am i even listening to her right yeah. like why like like she's telling me she's gonna do this and that but then she doesn't and then she blames me for it mm-hmm. and makes it my fault you know what i mean yeah. and so dealing with that has been extremely difficult and then trying to rebuild my relationship with my dad after 15 16 time. years yeah. of of not really having a relationship with him and feeling like he was the bad guy and now understanding that he allowed that to happen because he didn't want it to be worse for me at my mom's house. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so like just the whole situation with not knowing what's really going on and then feeling like I've been wrong my entire life has just totally like thrown me, just, like blown yeah, me out of the water. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't even, and I've had to deal with this for the last like, you know, year or so where it's mm-hmm. like, I don't know where I stand with my mom because I found out some of the other things that she did and the reason that they divorced and that and i didn't understand why i was never told that yeah and i'd never really like cared to ask because i just like i didn't like i said before like i had to like i had to be strong for, for your my brother siblings. and for my sister and, and even for, for my parents, parents. Yeah. yeah i had to be strong for both of them because mm-hmm. like two single parents like i feel like i need to be strong for my mom even though she was mm-hmm. in it, like whatever and then my dad excuse me my dad just you know, he didn't really have anything other than work and then coming home to see us. And he didn't see us very often. Yeah. 
he saw us on like Wednesdays and every other weekend. Mm -hmm. And so that was all he really got. Yeah. And like I said, like I never really understood why. And I always wanted more time with him, but I never understood that it wasn't him. Yeah, it was. And it wasn't, it wasn't, and it wasn't me either. Yeah. It wasn't intentional. And it wasn't like this, like negative, like, Oh, I'm going to neglect this child. Right. Yeah. And I think, I think as you get older, those are the things you start to realize is that, First of all, you start to realize some of the cracks that are there, right? You start, oh, definitely, to, you start yeah. to see like, oh, okay, this is messed up because of this. Or this is messed up because they made poor choices. I know for me at a very young age, I understood like, oh, like they were getting it in in high school. And that's why I'm here because they made bad choices. And I think I internalized that a lot. Like growing up, I felt like I was a mistake. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And like yeah. I messed their lives up. And my dad would say that kind of stuff to me. You know what I mean? He would say like, oh, yeah, like if it wasn't for you, I was going to go play in the NBA or I and like I believed that like I for a very long time believed like, oh, I messed up my dad's chances of going to the NBA. Like stupid, you know what I mean? But I think as you get older, you start to realize that these are people. Right. You know what I mean? And like <laughs> for for us as kids, we see these mom and dads that are just like supposed to be these superheroes or they're supposed to be all these different things that are put into our heads. But as you get older, you realize like, Oh, me at that age would, how much better would I be doing under those same circumstances? You know what I mean? Like even my dad or your dad, but like specifically mine, he didn't have a dad. Like my dad did not have a dad. He never had like a father figure that was showing him what to do or how to be loving or how to be supportive or give validation to your kids when they get, seven division one scholarship offers like he didn't care and he didn't know how to care because in in his heart he's still hurting from a lifetime of just a bunch of negativity and never finding god you know what i mean and a lot of issues that he's dealt with and so that doesn't make it okay for the way he's treated me and it doesn't make it okay for the stuff your mom's doing or even you know the things that maybe your dad has done wrong but what it does it makes you empathize a little bit and say okay like these are people and they made mistakes. You know what I mean? And even though they're supposed to be all this stuff, like we can kind of realize that like they are trying to do their, the best they can. You know what I mean? Under the circumstances. Yeah. And I think the other thing that I've had to learn and that like my, so my basketball coach this year really, Mm -hmm. really like instilled this into us is that like our parents and nobody are, and specifically our parents don't owe us anything. Mm -hmm. Like, like they, you know, they create like, you know, they had us, but really like they're providing everything like they like my dad and my mom, like they are the ones that housed me and fed me and mm-hmm. I didn't do that. And so being in, in an entitled mindset is really what created a, like a cut, like quite a few of these issues. And even in my own mind, like having like this mindset of, oh, my dad like should be going camping with me because right. he's my dad yeah. or I deserve him to go. T- I deserve him to validate me because mm-hmm. I have a 4.2 GPA or because, you know, I'm taking all these college classes right. or because I'm, I'm playing all these sports and I'm playing varsity or all these things, but remembering and just having an idea that it's not really about me. Yeah. Right. And, and just having to learn not only that, like that it doesn't, it's not like about me. It's not like I'm, I can't, I shouldn't be entitled to anything because I'm not owed anything, but also that like, like I shouldn't be living for them either. Like mm-hmm. I'm living for God, right? I'm living yeah. to glorify him. 
And how am I going to glorify him if I'm always thinking about myself? Yeah. You know, like I, I shouldn't be selfish in that. Oh, like my dad didn't do this or my mom didn't do this. And my dad didn't talk to me this way. My dad didn't say I love you enough. And my dad didn't hug me, hug me. And my mom did it too much. And, and she, and I feel like she did it from a place of, of selfish in her own mind. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and in her, in her own, like, um, like she struggles with this. And so yeah. she's, she wants to find validation in me. And so I've had to deal with like just mental manipulation to where it's like, like, I feel like everybody's doing it, like, especially specifically my mom is doing it for herself. Right. Yeah. And she may or may not be, but that's, you know, she struggled with certain things. And from what I've heard and what I've talked to her about and other people about that know her is that, you know, you know, I know that she had a rough childhood as well. Mm-hmm. And, and that doesn't excuse right. it what doesn't she make did, it okay. but it gives perspective yes. to why she's the way that she is. Yes. And one of the things that I've told you, especially that I've learned from all of this, is that the way we conduct ourselves through these situations is what matters, right? And that's what I learned at a very young age. I was, they're not, in, it wasn't in my control that I had to go spend a summer with these people that I don't know every single year. You know what I mean? It wasn't, that wasn't under my, in my control. It wasn't something I chose. And that was what I had to deal with no matter what. And as I got older and me and my dad had issues, relationship issues where I was searching for love, I was searching for validation and he would never give it to me no matter what I did, how good, like that, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. What I did in response is what matters. You know what I mean? And how I act now is what matters. And it's something I've told you multiple times is like, we have to use our superpowers, right? Like the fruits of the spirit that we have because we've invested so much time into our relationship with Jesus, our relationship relationship with the Holy Spirit and letting him guide us every single day, like that's what matters. And it's not for them. Mm-mm. It has nothing to do with them because they're going to do what they're going to do. The same way you had to deal with that stuff going back and forth to these houses, the same way I had to get sent to Florida every single summer, that was out of our control. But what is in our control is, okay, how am I going to act? How am I going to react? How am I going to treat these people? I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be gracious. I'm going to be joyful. I'm going to have love. And it has no, it's not for them. It's for us. You know what I mean? We're doing it for ourselves to maintain our godly character and to maintain that control over who we are. And that's what matters. Yeah. And that's something that I'm really learning right now too, is like even this week, like being kind mm-hmm. to like to my mom. And I've struggled a lot with this the last, mm-hmm. however long, like year, year and a half is like once I found out what she did and like I I saw or experienced like her lying and after her telling me for my entire life that she wasn't like she never lied to me and that she like she wanted what's best for me all the time but it just it hurt me Mm -hmm. to see Mm -hmm. that she wasn't telling the truth and to see that it wasn't true that she never lied to me and that she like and that she wasn't perfect almost like that hurt to see that my mom wasn't perfect and my dad too mm-hmm. like seeing that they're flawed and like you said earlier like understanding that they're human but learning now and understanding how to treat them and specifically my mom like seeing like that if i treat her kind like the conversations don't need to be arguments all the time and even like this week alone treating her with kindness and respecting her and even just like listening to her even though i don't want to listen to what she has to say about whatever it is because sometimes she just talks and because she just because she yeah. wants to talk to me and yeah. even though I don't want to talk to her or I don't really care what she has to say, listening to what she has to say, like it just it makes it 
makes the relationship go smoother and it makes mm-hmm. the transitions go smoother and dealing with that and understanding and hearing what she has to say provides more opportunity for me too to be able to do what I want to do and it's really nice not having constant conflict with somebody that like I love but mm-hmm. right now I don't like or I don't enjoy being around and it gives you a peace and stability that you're searching for and that's what it comes down to because like you said you might not want to hear a word they have to say there's been times when my dad has called me on the phone and said the most ridiculous, hurtful, hateful things that you can imagine. But the way I reacted to it was still in love. It was still joy. It was still peace. Like, okay, that's how you feel. I'm sorry you feel that way. I love you. Bye. Yeah. Or I'm going to sit here and let you rant about whatever it is that you're sitting mm-hmm. here upset about or however you're feeling and whatever, whatever, because it doesn't matter. It doesn't affect me. Right. You know what I mean? And and I'm going to maintain who I am regardless of who you are. Yeah. And that's what you have to approach that as. And especially for people that are listening, like if you want to be in, have peace in your life, if you want to have control over your emotions, that's what you have to do. It can't be about the circumstances that are happening in your life, because if that's what controls who you are, how you feel, all of those things, you're going to be a mess. Because the second something bad happens to you, because something bad will happen to you, it doesn't have to be just, you know, this broken family stuff. Something bad happens to you, you're going to be down. And you're going to perpetuate that pain, right? Broken people perpetuate pain. People that aren't filled with the Holy Spirit perpetuate pain. And so when somebody hurts you, that's when you turn around and do the same thing to your kids and mess up your family. That's when you turn around and do the same thing and treat all your friends and coworkers and everybody else like crap because you're not in control. But when you're in control of your emotions, when you have the Holy Spirit in you and you're fully, you know, just giving your life devoted to that, that's when you're able to say, you know what, that really sucks. Or you know what, this is a really amazing thing that happened to me because it can happen for good things, too. But if you're able to have that stability and say, my joy is found in Jesus. Yeah. My peace is found in Jesus. My all of my life, everything, my guidance is found there. Then it doesn't matter what happens. You can be sad, you can be hurt by things, but it doesn't affect how you act. It doesn't affect how you react and you're in control. And that's what people have to learn to get to. And that's something you have to strive for. It doesn't just happen every day, you know? Yeah. And I think a big part of learning that comes from first understanding that you don't have to carry the burden. Right. Yes. You don't have to hold on to what your parents say, especially if Mm -hmm. it's negative. Like that's something that I've had to learn where it's like, you know, my mom wants to say this and be negative about this mm-hmm, or make mm-hmm. it in my fault that this didn't happen or that she promised this and it didn't happen. Or with my dad, it's it's not my burden to carry that he didn't spend time with me or right. or all of these things. Like, it's not my burden to carry. Right. It's that's their burden. And I don't and even if it is my burden, I don't need to carry that because Jesus carries our burden. Yes. Right. Like he, he takes that load off of us. And when he died on the cross, he died for that burden. He died for these problems that we're dealing with. Like, that's the reason why he came back. Yeah. He came back to save us from these things. So releasing the burden and releasing the pain and releasing the the like just just the impact that it has negatively on your life has helped me strive for so many things. Yeah. And it, like releasing all of this, like my relationship with my brother being like really confusing, even though we grew up together for so long and then still seeing him like every other week or every however often it was and talking to him all night but then when he graduated not talking to him at all mm-hmm. and now like seeing him at family dinner and like not being able to talk to him like that's not something that like, i don't need to hold on to that right and it sucks right but 
that doesn't mean that I need to always be like, oh, what what am I doing wrong? Yeah. Because like I said before, it's not always my fault. And it might be, but at the same time, like I don't need to hold on to that because Jesus saved us from that. Yeah. And a lot of times we carry it and we we're paying for paying a debt that was already paid for. And if we're not careful, that that can happen a lot. You know what I mean? It's already been paid for. And if we're sitting here holding on to it, trying to pay something, it's like we're we're being dumb. You know what I mean? We're being right. dumb because we're we're sitting here and basically taking our trust out of God, taking our faith away from him and saying, oh, no, I have to do it. I right. have to deal with this as my as a human. I have right. to deal with this. And it's tough. But, you know, like you said, it's a learning process and it's not something that comes easy every day. I seriously we, I, I've talked to you probably in the last month about something that my dad then said or did this or he didn't do this. And I'm still, it's, it hurts because, you know, these are your parents and it's people that you love and that are supposed to do so many things. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about who we are and how we're reacting and, and finding that control and that stability and foundation in God. One of the things I wanted to ask you about was, so with your siblings, how has that been with having, you know, this split family? Is it, smooth like how do you explain that do you have you explain that to like your brothers at your dad's and then maybe your sister and then your older brother like how is that dynamic from like the sibling perspective for you mine's kind of crazy but go ahead you mean like so like yeah, my siblings, like, like how do they deal with yeah it like or? how do they kind of handle like wrapping uh, their minds around being like oh your mom is over there but then oh my little brothers yeah, okay yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. so they actually because you have three or four four little four, brothers yeah so i have dad. four little brothers that so my dad remarried mm-hmm so he had four little boys with them or right. with her. Yes. So they, I mean, it's really weird for me because mm-hmm. I feel like every time I come back to his house, they're bigger. Yeah. They're bigger and they know more words. And, you know, like I feel like I'm missing out on part of their life. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of sucks for me. But so on their side, sometimes like like now at this point, now they kind of understand. Okay. So like they'll ask me like, are you here this week? Like they they kind of know like that I'm here every other week. Right. So they'll be like, "Oh, David, are you here this week?" Or, "Who are you with this week? Are you with your mom?" And mm, like okay. they've seen my mom at sports games, so they kind of understand like you have an, a different mom. Right. Sometimes yeah. they forget, and so like for the sake of them, I kind of just like say like like you know I refer to my stepmom Their as mom mommy as mom. or yes. mom, yeah, so that they understand. And that's kind of weird mm-hmm. because you know, and she has like she's especially recently like she's done a lot and she's you know she's like helped provide for us and she's cooked for us like Mm -hmm. like and i i'm extremely grateful for that like she's been and same with my stepdad like he's done a lot for me and my family and so it's kind of weird how like the step parents like still care Mm -hmm. and like a lot i feel like a lot of don't yeah yeah people have really bad step parents yeah and i've so i told you that like i'm like bro my step parents are like the most amazing people in the world like both of them are a great people. You know what I mean? Like, and especially for those parents, like my stepdad is the most amazing man for my mom and my stepmom. Oh my gosh. Like my dad does not deserve her. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's crazy. But like, I was just wondering, cause I know for me, I see my brothers a lot less. So I have my three brothers in Florida for my dad and my stepmom. And like you said, like when I do see them, it's like, they're d- completely different people because there's sometimes when a year goes by when I don't see them and it sucks like that really, really sucks. I, I mean, I know for the older, the oldest one, my oldest brother, Amir, 
we've stayed in contact really well over the years because he, we kind of grew up together over those summers. Mm-hmm. Um, he's only like three years old, three years younger than me. So we've stayed pretty close, like just over the phone and things like that. But like there's a 16 year old and then there's a little one and the little one. Like, I feel like I literally don't know because I just haven't been there and I don't spend extended periods of time there. I spend three days a year maybe. And so it, that part of it is very hard. And I know for him, the last time I was there, he was like, Jay's not my brother. Like, we don't even have the same parents. And, like, he was, like, saying that. And I was explaining to him, like, no, like, I am your brother. We just have different moms, like, but we have the same dad. He's like, but that means you're not my brother. I'm like, no, like, that's not what it means, you know. And so just explaining that and then, you know, trying to be there for them still has been difficult. You know, like I don't have that relationship that I wish I did because it's hard because it is a painful, you know what I mean, situation. And it's hard to still be there. But the funnier side of it, I guess kind of funny, is like Precious, um, my mom and my uh, my stepdad, they had a daughter together. Um, my older sister, she's about to be 18. And I remember younger sister. <laughs> yeah, my younger sister. Sorry. So I remember when she was probably like nine years old, maybe. She went to school and they were all asking her because like in Avon where we where I went to high school, um, I played football and I was like really good. So I a lot of people knew me. Um, I also did a nonprofit for Haiti. And so I was doing like assemblies at schools and like just pretty well known. And I remember she came after one of her assemblies at school and took a picture with me and told everybody like, this is my big brother. Like she was so excited and like so proud and was just telling all these kids, like, yeah, this is my brother. This is my brother. He plays football. Like, had my jersey on because we had a game that day or something. Like, she was just ecstatic about it, you know. And I remember she, my mom told me that she came home from school that day, like, busting out in tears, crying. And my mom asked her, she's like, what's going on? What's wrong? What happened? And she was like, they said Jeremiah is not my brother. Like, we're not actually siblings. We're not brother and sister. Like, all my friends said, like, he can't be my brother because he's brown, like, because we're different color. My mom yeah. is white and her dad's white and my dad's black. So, like, we're different colors. And she's like, they said he was adopted and he's not from, you know, this country. And, like, <laughs> he, like they just said all this crazy stuff. And, and my mom's like, no, that is your brother. Like, you know, <laughs> you have a different dad, but you do have the same mom. That is your brother by blood. And she's like, wait, so we're not, we don't have the same dad? <laughs> And like she's like no he has a different dad Like you know that's why he's brown (laughs) And she was like Distraught bro like she felt like Somebody died and like She was so sad because she was like no Like I want that to be my brother like I want that to be My full brother da 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 But I just asked that because like I think it has an effect on those kids Too yeah the younger kids yeah And I think it, it has more of effect because They Don't even know how to feel About that situation right And they don't even know what they're going through. Kind of how you said with your older brother, like he's dealing with a whole nother issue and a whole nother layer that you hadn't, didn't have to deal with. You know what I mean? And so it's hard for me to understand. That's what I was going to say. Like, even though I'm his brother and we talked about a lot, like I still Mm -hmm. don't know what he's feeling. Right. And like, for me, like my little brothers are a little bit too young to To understand that. that. Um, I think my, well, my sister has kind of been with me the whole time. Yeah. So, but my little brother's like, they're the best part about it for me is just that they're always so excited to see me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You no, know, like, 
and sometimes like they're they're a little bit shy even like they like like one one of them will come up and be like david david like you're home like they'll hug me yeah but then the other ones will be like all shy but then the next week they'll like the shy one will be happy to see me and the other one will be shy yeah and so i think it gets kind of weird because they have to like remember that i'm like still their brother like every week yeah and like i come home and they're like oh like you're i didn't know you were going to come back or like oh we're happy you're here yeah but like they like it's just kind of like it's just a like you know an interesting situation and i think for them being so young like they don't really they can't really understand it mm -hmm. and it just like sometimes i just sit there and i'm like like i wish i could spend more time with them but i don't really get to and you know i know that that, that life isn't perfect and i know like i can't always have what i want and you know it just kind of is what it is at that point but mm -hmm. trying to spend whatever time with them i can is like really yeah. all i can get and making it valuable and impactful right. and making sure you're like intentional because that's kind of where i'm at with my middle brother right now is like he's 16 years old and so it's like i want to be there all the time you know what i mean like i wish he could come live with me like that would be amazing but i don't you know what i mean and the last time i went down there it was kind of awkward and i was like dang like I don't know this kid. You know what I mean? And like, he's acting like he doesn't know me either. And I was like, after a while, I was like, all right, like we're going to done. We're done being awkward. You know what I mean? Like I just like jumped on him and like licked his face or something. You know what I mean? Like just messed <laughs> yeah. with him, like tickled him or something. And so it's just like, I think that for us, it's important to be the healthy person to like say, okay, we're going to make this okay. You know what I mean? Like we're going to make this as positive as possible and you know just completely take away any type of like weirdness or confusion like this doesn't have to be that way yeah i think like like you said like it doesn't need to be it doesn't mm -hmm. need to suck no it doesn't and it's all it's all a mindset of or it's your attitude you can have an attitude of my parents don't love me and they might not but that doesn't mean the situation has to be terrible mm -mm. that doesn't mean you have to live in pain or you know, be depressed about these things because you can still choose to live differently. Yeah. And just because you don't have something on earth doesn't mean that there's not a God that's above all of this. Right. And for me, finding rest in who he is and who he's called me to be and like the, the characteristics of a father that he's brought has just helped me to grow and to not have to worry so much about my relationship with my parents and and worry about like my kids having grandparents that are actually going to be around and that yeah. they're that my grand or my parents would treat my kids respectfully and with love. Well, that was kind of one of the thing I wanted to ask you kind of just like to sum it all up is like, are there things that you're worried about? I guess not worried, but, you know, things that are on your mind moving forward, you know, as you want to get married and have kids and, you know, start a family. Are there things that you're more weary of if you will from growing up that way well i think definitely like something that i really struggle with doing is family dinners mm -hmm. specifically on my mom's side and i mean on my dad's side too really like sometimes there is awkward because not really because we don't have like because we all are like we're all christians we all believe the same mm -hmm. but it's just weird like i feel like sometimes we don't enjoy each other mm. and it's like like, especially at my mom's house, like, I feel like I don't know them. Like, I don't know my mom, especially now, like, after years of, like, or a year or so of not really wanting to be around. Yeah. And I think that's normal, like, not really want, like, because I'm about to graduate, you know, I'm about to move out. And so, like, the way that I look at it now is, like, I don't know how I want 
my kids like i don't know if if i even want my kids to be around like my mom because i don't know how she's going to treat them if she's going to treat them the same way that she treated me mm-hmm. like i don't really know if i want that to her to be a part of their life and it's really hard sometimes because she's always talking about oh when you have grandkids i'm going to do this and they're going to spend all this time with me and i'm going to give them this and do this with them and i'm just sitting there like i don't know if i want that yeah i don't know if i'm okay with that and obviously like it's going to be really hard for me to say no if i do i don't really know yet because Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the situation might be different down the road and setting up boundaries to where it's like okay this is what you can talk to them about this is what you can do with them because i don't want a negative influence from you know my you know what i mean like if i can choose not to have that then you know of course i want my kids to know their you know grandparents but Well, that's what I was going to I was going to say in that. But I no, I'm glad you said that because we've talked about that many times before is like that's going to come from you being healthy. Right. Like that's going to come from you saying this is how our relationship is going to look now that I'm in control. Like I said, where I have like my very strict boundaries that I hold to when as it pertains to that side of my family and saying like, OK, this is how we can be healthy. You know what I mean? And that's going to be the same exact thing right. is like, OK, now that I have kids this is how we're going to be healthy with this. You know what I mean? And I want you around. I want my kids to know their grandpa for me, like for you, obviously you want your kids to know their grandma, but it has to be healthy and it has to be positive or it can't happen. Yeah, I exactly. I think that's the most important thing. And even moving forward, like when I graduate, like making sure that there's boundaries that are set in place, because that's something that has been really, really bad is that the, the yeah. boundaries that I've explained to my parents, specifically on my mom's side, have not been respected mm-hmm. and that's why there's such a disconnect yeah and so when i graduate and when i move out that's like going to be a big emphasis of like this is what i need to establish right. this is who i'm going to be and if you can't oh, you can't respect that and you can't follow those mm-hmm. like boundaries and guidelines that i'm trying to set in place yeah to allow me to be who i need to be then it can't happen and I, that's yeah. that might really really suck and it might not be forever Mm-hmm. but it needs to be established. Yeah. Well, I know for me just recently is I went on a trip with my dad and my brothers. Um, we went to go see my little brother play in a football tournament. And <laughs> I told them, I was like, yeah, I'm getting my own hotel room. And he freaked out. He was just talking trash. Oh, you think you you think you this, you think you big time. You think you got money. You think you too good to stay in the room. And I'm like, okay. So like I said, I'm going to have my own hotel room. And yeah, that's how it's going to be. I can't go like that's it is what it is. And it's not from a place. I don't like you. It's not from a place. I don't love you. But it's from a place of this is what I need to have a peace. You know what I mean? Right. Instability. And if you don't have those boundaries, then it'll just you hurting yourself. Right. It'll be a problem for yourself and then a problem for them as well. And that's where I've been at is that I never took or I took the time to establish boundaries, but they were never respected. Right. So it pushed us apart. Yeah. And then now kind of reestablishing, but also just kind of understanding that I don't really have the authority yet Mm -hmm. as still being at home, like just having to, like I said earlier, being kind and listening and just kind of allowing whatever she's going to say or whatever they're going to say to just happen and not let it bother me because I can't control what they're going to say and I can't control how they're going to react. But like you said, I can control how I'm going to react and how I'm going to like respond after the situation Mm -hmm. like i can react negatively during it but that's not going to make it any better 
No. And I can choose that I can choose to think that the world's out to get me and that, you know, my parents hate me and I'm never going to get out of it. Or I can say pretty soon, you know, I'm going to be moving out and pretty soon I'm going to have my own boundaries and I'm going to have my own life. Yeah. So I think I think for you, then the thing that you're really going to focus on just as you start a family is really just respecting your kids boundaries. And really, you don't you don't want to get to a point where, you know, they feel how you feel. And I think I, I expressed that to you the other day is like as I, I'm getting ready to do that, too, and wanting to start a family and have a wife and kids is like, I don't want my kids to feel the way I feel towards my dad. And I don't want to be a bad dad. You know what I mean? And that's something that I worry about, you know, and, and I think that not worry, but something that I'm just like weary of is like, I don't want that to happen, you know, and it's like it, it caused a lot of pain for me growing up, not having a good relationship with my father and feeling like I didn't have a father or feeling like I couldn't be anybody's son because of that. You know what I mean? Like those were things that I felt. And so just as I've, gotten older and I'm ready to take that step into having a family, it's something that I think about, you know, it's like, what can I do to not be a bad dad? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be a terrible father. And so I just think it's one of those things, right? And that's why I wanted to ask you is like, what is it like for you that makes you think, you know, from growing up that way and how you want to, you know, move forward and do better? As a dad or just as yeah, a man? Just as a, I mean, just as a man and with your family. Well, I think so for me, I just need, first of all, I need to be gracious mm -hmm. to them, mm -hmm. to both of them mm -hmm. and be grateful for everything that they did do for me because they've done a lot. And Your parents. Yeah. Yeah. And I haven't really, like I've acknowledged it somewhat, but just understanding that they do fail and they don't have to be perfect and be right all the time. Mm -hmm. And, and then for like when I am a dad, like just. I think the most important thing that I'm going to focus on is spending time with them, mm, like spending, mm -hmm. making sure that I have time to go out with them on weekends or play catch with them or be at their sporting events Yeah, and making sure that they know that I love them, but also respecting who they are and what they're trying to do. Yeah. Because, you know, that's, that's all I've like growing up. That's all I've really wanted is I wanted to be shown love. I wanted, you know, to be told that I'm doing well and that I'm not this terrible person or I'm not, like cast cast out of the family and mm -hmm. I and I don't need to feel that way. Yeah. And then also respecting like what being respected in who I am and what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So being loved and being like not, not necessarily validated but just told that I'm that I'm good enough for them. Yeah. That I'm not that I don't need to live trying to prove who I am. Yeah. So making sure that my kids know that they don't need to prove anything and they don't need to earn my love. Mm -hmm. Because I'm going to love them anyway. Just loving them unconditionally in the same way that you know, God loves us unconditionally. Yeah. And he's going to provide for us no matter what it is. Yeah. Nah, you're going to be a good dad, though. You will. It'll be good. I'm excited to see you parent some kids because you're really good with kids already. Like you be running around playing, going crazy, having Thanks. fun. So, nah, you're going to be a good dad. and Giving them buckets. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Give it, giving them all the buckets. But I think that the biggest thing for both of us is that even though this has been an area of pain for us, it's been an area of struggle, just anxiety, if you will, like just chaos in our lives. I think that the love that's come out of it from other siblings, from even step parents and other grandparents that you get in, in, introduced to and uncles and cousins and just all the family that 
has come together because of this broken situation, God can use it, you know, and he can bring the blessings out of brokenness. Even if it's this nasty situation, he can bring blessings out of it. And he's blessed me with amazing siblings. I know he's blessed you with amazing siblings from that situation. And he's blessed you with the opportunity to show how great, you know, you can really be regardless of where you come from or what you went through. And that's one of the things I've told you is like, you're going to be able to minister to people that are dealing with this. You know what I mean? Dealing with having to go back and forth every single week to a parent's house, dealing with having to be the the mediator between mom and dad that are talking crazy or siblings that are going through stuff. You're going to be able to go through those things and really provide, you know, just counsel and freedom to people that feel like they're in bondage to that. And I know for us, it was one of the things that when we talked for the first time, that's a big common ground that we found was like, oh, yeah, like my family is like this, too. It's not the same exact situation, but, yeah, I have (laughs) brothers and sisters from all different backgrounds and different colors, and they live across the country, and I don't get to spend time with them. And you're like, oh, me, too. I don't get to spend time with my brothers like I want to. And so there's a lot of there's a lot to be gained from this situation. I think that, you know, for me, just as a final thought is if you're going through this, if you're dealing with these things, understand that God has equipped you to deal with it. You know what I mean? He's given you the grace. He's given you the peace. He's giving you the superpowers that you can tap into anytime. And even if it hurts, even if you're in pain, even if you feel like this chaos is just never going to stop, he's where you find that, that peace. He's where you find that stability and that control because it's there. It's, I can tell you it's there. I found it. I had to find it way earlier than I probably needed to. An eight-year-old shouldn't have to be crying and asking God to give him peace in his soul, but I did. And I've been that person now and I'm able to be that person for other people and say, you know, you're going through a crazy situation. It's going to be okay because I know how to find that peace. I know how to find that stability. So just as a final thought, if that's what you're going through and you're dealing with broken families, you can do it and you can make it through final. Yeah. My final thought, um, ask God to reveal those things to you. My entire life, I've had to even like, like you said, from, from very young, from seven, eight, I didn't know how to deal with it, but asking God to reveal it to me and helping me to understand what I need to do and who I need to be and what I can learn from it has been the most important thing of anything that I've had to deal with. And asking when, when you ask, because, because he used this situation for so many good things, like you said, and he will continue to use that. And I think a big part of that has been asking him to reveal it to me and asking him how to reveal or how to understand the situation, how to deal with the situation. And like I said, also just being grateful for where you are and being grateful for what he is teaching you because he has used this situation to teach, I think, the both of us a lot about not only ourselves but about dealing with people and how to deal with people moving forward even out of that so with that just to remind you guys we're always with you we're here to talk about everything that you need to deal with and you're not alone yes sir god bless